Cerebral is an online mental health service that offers prescription medication, counseling, and therapy for anxiety, depression, ADHD, insomnia, and more. Cerebral is one of the few services that provides prescription medication online through a licensed provider and ships medication straight to your door. You can schedule sessions based on what's most convenient for you, and you don't have to wait weeks to be seen. And BuzzFeed Daily listeners can receive 65% off your first month of medication management and care counseling at Cerebral.com slash BuzzFeed. Go to Cerebral.com slash BuzzFeed for 65% off your first month. Join Cerebral today on their mission to make quality mental health care accessible and affordable for all. Hello and welcome to our show. I'm Zoe Deschanel and I'm so excited to be joined by my friends and castmates, Hannah Simone and Lamorne Morris, to recap our hit television series, New Girl. Join us every Monday on the Welcome to Our Show podcast, where we'll share behind the scenes stories of your favorite New Girl episodes. Each week, we answer all your burning questions like, is there really a bear in every episode of New Girl? Plus, you'll hear hilarious stories like this. Fun that fact. was one of your things too. you brought back from Latvia. Yeah, I brought back because a hoop. all professional <laughs> basketball players. Yeah, it's like a little <laughs> seven foot hoop. Yeah, listen to the Welcome to Our Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Robert Sex Reese, host of the Doctor Sex Reese Show. And every episode, I listen to people talk about their sex and intimacy issues. And yes, I despise every minute of it. I yeah. mean, she, she made mistakes, too. Right? That's I mean, true. She, she did she... kill everyone at her wedding. But hell is real. We're all trapped here. And there's nothing any of us can do about it. So join me, won't you? Listen to the Dr. Sex Reese Show every Tuesday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Jamie Lynn Spears has broken her silence after Britney's conservatorship testimony. A woman who helped develop a COVID vaccine got a rare standing ovation at Wimbledon. And what's dating going to be like post-pandemic? Three Day Rules professional dating expert Devin Simone joins us to talk hooking up after a long lockdown. It's June 29th, 2021. Hey friends, I'm Casey Rackham. And I'm Shyla Watson. Welcome to BuzzFeed Daily. Okay, so Shyla, do you remember when we were talking about James Corden's spill your gut segment mm-hmm. on the Late Late Show? Okay, so it was all that backlash because they're just eating foods that other cultures eat regularly, yet they were right. calling them, quote unquote, disgusting. Anyways, they heard the backlash and they are officially changing it and say in the future that they won't use any of those foods. You know, which is good. I'm so glad that was the correct reaction is like, you're right. We are changing this. What really sucked, though, was that this happened on the Howard Stern show. And Stern basically was like, fuck that. Don't change the bit. Like, and this is a quote. He said, who the hell is eating this shit? And I'm like, wow, you are such the a worst. problem. <laughs> The worst. Um, And, you know, I I give James Corden credit for changing the segment, but also he didn't technically apologize. Um, And that just sort of like left a bad taste in my mouth. But, you know. Mm. Okay, so moving on to another update that also has left some sort of taste in my mouth. Britney Spears' sister, Jamie Lynn Spears, has broken her silence after Britney's conservatorship testimony. In a series of Instagram stories, Jamie Lynn explained that even though she hasn't posted a public hashtag or been open before about supporting her sister, she has always stuck by her. I'm so proud of her for using her voice 
I'm so proud of her for requesting new counsel, like I told her to do many years ago. Oh, not on a big public platform, but just in a personal conversation between two sisters. So I'm very proud that she's taken that step. If ending the conservatorship, if flying to Mars or whatever the hell else she wants to do to be happy, I support that 100% because I support my sister. I love my sister, always have, always will, as long as she's happy. Jamie Lynn also stated that the reason she hadn't spoken out publicly before was because, quote, now that she's very clearly spoken and said what she needed to say, I feel like I can follow her lead and say what I feel I need to say. Oh, what do you, you think about Shyla? this? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're both like, what do you think? I don't um, know. What I think is that there's a bad taste in my mouth because I'm sorry, like waiting for someone else to speak so then you can speak. No, the whole issue here is that Brittany couldn't speak up for herself. So you should have done that as as her sister. The problem for me is like, no, we don't know what goes on behind closed doors, but I do know online that fans have not reacted well to this statement because people are like, where were you? And seemingly, you know, we'd have to look at all the paperwork and all the legal stuff. But a lot of people are saying like Jamie Lynn made a lot of money off of Britney. So people are like, that's not sitting right with people. Yeah, I feel like if you are not, like, really in the weeds of this discussion, which, like, there's a lot going on, then, yeah, this would seem like a really sweet statement. And, you know, she's finally speaking out. She's supporting her sister. Like, that's all great. But why now? I think, like you said, it's just, it's kind of sus. I'm, I'm not going to lie. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay, so meanwhile, the standing ovation that healthcare workers got from a crowd at Wimbledon is giving everyone the feels. At Monday's opening day of Play in London, the announcer told the crowd that people who played critical roles in the UK's response to the coronavirus pandemic, from transport workers to medical staffers, had been invited to sit in the royal box. Here's what that rare moment on the court sounded like. Today, they include leaders who have developed the anti-COVID vaccines, Cheers grew louder as the camera zoomed in on Dame Sarah Gilbert, a professor of vaccinology at the University of Oxford who led the team that developed the AstraZeneca vaccine. She received a damehood earlier this month for her efforts when she was named on the Queen's birthday honors list. Oh, yeah. This was sweet. So I'd already heard this and I started crying again. <laughs> this was so sweet. Not only sweet, so fucking well-earned. Oh, yeah. This is such an emotional thing. This is something that, like... I mean, this was our light at the end of the tunnel, these vaccines. And the fact that they did happen so quickly, all things considered, I mean, wow. I mean, she deserves and everyone on her team deserves all of that applause. A hundred percent. It reminds me of when, like, we were applauding every night for healthcare workers, you know, um, last year, last summer. And this is just that on a larger degree. And yeah, like you said, very well deserved. Okay, moving on. Vaccinated and on the prowl, single people are first in line for a hot vac summer. But it's no secret that the pandemic has either challenged or completely changed how many people date and hook up. Luckily, matchmaker and professional dating coach Devin Simone knows a thing or two about this and is here with her expert advice on how to navigate the dating scene in a post-pandemic world. Hi, Devin. Thank you so much for joining us today. Hi, thank you for having me. 
So before we talk about dating this summer, talk to us about what COVID dating was like in the year 2020. You know, we're just coming out of it, but the pandemic really put a wrench in the whole dating scene. Can you tell us what it was like to be single at that time and what it was like for you as a matchmaker? The pandemic really did affect dating. It obviously made things much more difficult in terms of being able to get out and meet people and the freedom that we were all used to having, right? We could swipe and be at somebody's house in five minutes if we wanted to. Now, if we swiped, we could be at somebody's house, but it was a little less socially acceptable. So fewer people were doing it. (laughs) However, the pandemic also made people really reevaluate relationships and what that meant and the significance of their relationships. It made people be much more thoughtful around that. And therefore, dating and dating with intention and matchmaking in general was actually on the rise. Like from a business standpoint, we actually were the most successful we've ever been. And we've been around for over 10 years. Mm. And I like what you said about intention. I assume the people that come to you, they do have that intention where, you know, we did talk to people during the pandemic of like when they were swiping, sometimes the problem was like people were just looking for human connection and maybe not dating. Did you run into that or is it because you have a matchmaking service that it was more you could trust these people who are coming to you to actually want a relationship? A little both. So when it came to people, I could tell people were just looking for human connection when we would be on long ass phone calls. (laughs) (laughs) So we do these interviews and, you know, usually they run 30 minutes to an hour before COVID. These will always happen in person. We have shifted up our business model during the pandemic where it's now remote, right? Like the dates are real, the couples are real. But when we're talking to you initially, we're doing that via phone or video. Um, And you could tell when people were just looking for human connection because instead of it being a typical kind of 30, 45 minute, maybe an hour conversation, I think I would want to talk for two hours, like three hours a day. It's like, look, you're you're not actually trying to like bind anybody. You just want to talk to me. And I appreciate you, but I have more people to talk to. So I'm not really trying to be on this call all day. Like you have more questions, send me an email. But ultimately, overall, people were definitely looking for connection, but in a real way, which was actually really refreshing to see because the struggle we had all gotten into before is the paradox of choice and that people, even if they did want a relationship, there were so many options and we were so busy with our lives that it would be easy to miss out on great opportunities because we weren't still long enough. So now post COVID, do you get the feeling that people are more primed to get out there more than ever? I mean, have you noticed a change? Are people significantly more proactive about dating? People are significantly more proactive about dating right now. Well, people are more significantly proactive about getting out of anything. Like even a ride on an elevator, (laughs) I feel like is a real adventure (laughs) to some people. You know, people are excited to get out and and date and do things and, and share experiences together. But I think also the pandemic made us realize if this happens again or if it comes back or there's some wave, do you want to do it by yourself? Who are the people you want in your circle to share these moments with? If this is, God forbid, your last year, your last decade, your last whatever, like what really matters? Like what are the quality of your relationships right now? And so I think people are really the busiest of people who before kept putting it on the back burner are really kind of leading their lives with that in mind now. And so we're seeing a lot of great relationships form. So, you know, on the flip side, there's also something called COVID baggage that exists now. What are your thoughts on how the pandemic might have negatively impacted the dating scene? Like, how has it complicated things? I actually don't think COVID has a long term 
negative effect on dating. Now, there will be things that make people annoyed overall, like it's still a little slower moving. You know, again, there's even more of a flood on the apps, which now people are kind of getting inundated and they don't love that. But as a whole, I don't think that forcing us to slow down is a long-term negative effect in any way. Now, it obviously had a negative effect on some relationships, but even that negative in many cases was a positive. You know, as someone who was supposed to get married about two weekends ago, and that did not happen thanks to the events that unfolded during COVID, which forced us to push that initial wedding date back, I can tell you that you know, again, some of those those things that occurred because we had this time of stillness were, in my opinion, actually for the greater good long term. And I don't mean like the loss of life, obviously. I mean, just specifically within people in the relationships and experiencing one another and learning things about each other. No, but but I like what you're saying in that way, because it's like I do see the positive in it of like, hopefully you've learned so much about yourself during this past year and a half um, about what you do and what you don't want. And so you're going to be looking for that going forward. Absolutely. Absolutely. You had to be in a relationship with yourself for once. And if you had spent your whole life avoiding it, well, you now... Shiloh feels attacked right now. (laughs) You're talking directly to me. (laughs) You were forced to sit down. The CDC said, sit down and go out with yourself. And so now you have a different look on, okay, what do I actually bring to a relationship? What is some of the baggage and trauma I'm bringing to a relationship? And what kind of partner do I value and appreciate. Now, dating apps have obviously adapted and evolved during the past year and a half. So how much do people even want to date in person these days? Like, what's your take on dating face-to-face in today's ultra-digital landscape? Emotionally available people want to date in person 110%. <laughs> That's oh, good to no. know. That's good to know. <laughs> <laughs> Emotionally <another> available. <laughs> Shot fired. No, not really. Like, there will always be game players, just like there will always be bad apples. There will always be, you know, people that are annoying. But emotionally available people want to date in person 110%, but they may be more mindful now of whom they share their time or their space with. I appreciate that the dating apps have really tried to adapt. The problem is, is that it's getting to a point where we as a society are adapting just how we interact and connect with people in general so quickly that it seems like the dating apps aren't really able to keep up and may not be. All right. Well, Devin Simone has a lot more advice for singles taking on the dating world this summer. We'll be right back. Hey, Randy, what you doing? Oh, hey, Dave. I'm just making a list of things that make me feel really, really good. Wearing Bombas socks. Trust me, that's number one on my list. Bomba socks feel so good because we use the smartest design and best materials, making them the most comfortable socks ever. Plus, because socks are the number one most requested clothing item in homeless shelters, we donate a pair for every pair purchased, and that feels pretty good too. To shop Bombas or learn more about how your purchase supports those experiencing homelessness, go to bombas.com slash comfy and get 20% off your first purchase. From Cavalry Audio comes the new true crime podcast, The Shadow Girls. Prosecutors described him as a serial killer savant, picking up these girls, getting them in a position of vulnerability. When he got a hold of their neck, that was it. I'm Carolyn Osorio, a journalist and lifelong resident of the Pacific Northwest. I grew up near the banks of the Green River and in the shadow of the killer 
that bears its name. How many times did you bring the camera to one the river? Time. Just one time. One time. He started fantasizing about having sex with his mother. Then he fantasized about killing her. But this podcast isn't only about tracking down the killer. It's about the victims. We stayed in the woods. He always liked to go to the woods. She was just, to all of us, kind of strange. You know how he feels about prostitutes? Listen to The Shadow Girls on the iHeartRadio app, on Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What grows in the forest? Trees? Sure. Know what else grows in the forest? Our imagination, our sense of wonder, and our family bonds grow too. Because when we disconnect from this and connect with this, we reconnect with each other. The forest is closer than you think. Find a forest near you and start exploring at discovertheforest.org. Brought to you by the United States Forest Service and the Ad Council. Welcome back. We're talking with professional matchmaker Devin Simone about dating in a post-pandemic world. So, as a professional in the field, how has your perspective changed? Is your approach different from pre-pandemic days? My perspective is always changing as a matchmaker. It's always changing and evolving. You're always learning more. If you're not, that's a problem. Get away from that person. So my perspective has evolved and changed and will continue to do so. And, you know, with the pandemic, the way that it's changed has made me recognize Honestly, as crazy as it sounds, the possible importance of being aligned on things like politics, like before it really was a thing where you could kind of be on different sides. It gets all right. Like, mm, no, No. right (laughs) now it's really like entrenched in, in some core things, like really understanding that people who are dating interracially now, not just being open to dating interracially, but really if they are going to do so, wanting someone who is fully at least attempting or trying or motivated to understand the other person's culture and vice versa. I've learned and witnessed sort of um, the importance of that and and seen that within clients and, and what they're requesting. And then the other thing that the pandemic has really like taught around or shifted for me around um, matching and, and dating and relationships is just the, the importance of no matter who you're dating, no matter where you are in that stage, You have got to be working on and continue working on your own mental health. It is not your partner's responsibility. You can only attract people that are in line with your level of healing. So if you are down at the bottom, you cannot get someone at the top. And you cannot assume that getting someone at the top is going to lift you towards the top. Nah, you got to do your own work and you want someone who's motivated to do the same. And many of these things are things that we just knew, but you don't really feel it. You don't really see the effects until again, we were forced to sit still. Now, despite the dating surge we're expecting to see, a lot of people are still uneasy about human contact. So what do you tell people who are more hesitant to get out there? If you're more hesitant, that's okay. Like, it's actually a great way to exercise uh, getting comfortable with setting boundaries. You still want to be proactive, ideally. And so you can still do a virtual date. Hell, it could be 10 years from now. And if you want your first date to be a virtual date before committing to being in someone's physical presence, that's okay. You know, one guy, I think for a second date, one of our clients ordered food from her favorite restaurants, 
to his house and to her house with her permission so that it was like they were eating at the same restaurant on their video date. Another one, they picked two bottles of wine together, like via text or something. They each went and bought those two so that way they could do sort of like their own wine tasting during the date. Like, you go ahead and phone in that first date, but you're still going to call it a date, treat it like a date, do it in person, and and whomever you're going on this date with, they should approach it with the same respect. And if they're not used to this concept, that's okay. You can just say, hey, okay, here's my idea. Like, why don't we do this, da da da, and if it goes well, great. It's so much easier to get out of a date virtually. You know, if you're like, oh, my dog's coughing, this has been fun, I gotta go. Yeah, like whatever. It's much Close easier to do that. <laughs> exactly. Just sorry, I lost power. They'll be like, we live next door. Like I live in the building next door. The power is working fine. Um, so you can totally do that. So certainly, feel free to set up virtual dates for however long you want to, with the intention at some point that obviously you're going to meet in person. We're not trying to do pen pals, right? And people do get really upset when they feel like they've been led on because they're connecting virtually initially and then the other person's just resisting the jump to making this a real life thing. So, you know, a lot of experts predict a dating tsunami this summer, which I think that you've already seen firsthand. So for single people, the dating scene might be a lot to take on. What is your best advice you can give them? For anyone who is single who is about to date now that things are opening up, pace yourself. Pace yourself. You do not want to get burnt out. It's a marathon. Out, okay? It is a marathon. It is not a sprint. Pace yourself. It's okay to have a roster. I'm not saying you only do one at a time. You know, you can have a roster. It's fine. Yes. Treat it like the NBA finals. It's cool. But go in with intentionality. So know what it is that you want. Know what your boundaries are. You really don't want to be trying to figure these things out while you're on a date. That's how things get messy. Just take a general assessment of where you are now, right? Like what your life is now, what you want it to be moving forward, you know, if you're not comfortable having sex or going to someone's house in the first couple of dates, that's cool. Know that boundary now. So that way, when you're first communicating with the person, you can communicate that up front too. And you're not getting kind of thrown off course and feeling pressured to do anything you don't want to do or what have you. Just again, know thyself because then you can just be smarter and make better moves that way. Like you want to just be (laughs) mindful of that. And that way you also will recognize when a true gym comes across your path and it's someone worth exploring because a lot of times people think oh I didn't feel that spark or I didn't know off the first date how many of your closest friends did you know the moment you met them would be your friends for life there are probably still some newer friends in your life now that you really like maybe even love them but you don't realize that they're actually going to be your road dog for the next 40 years like you you'll have more experiences and eventually they become that person so stop putting pressure on yourself on a first date a first phone call a first profile that like Mm, I got to know this is my person or I'm not. It doesn't really happen that way most of the time. So all you can do is know yourself, know what you want your life to be, what you're working towards, know what your like top three must-haves or the qualities you're looking for are. And then when someone shows signs of that, continue to explore it. And if they don't, you can let them go. Well, I have literally taken notes, IRL, um, (laughs) because I need to remember all of this. Thank you so much for joining us today. Of course. Thank you for having me. And Shiloh, we can get you in that free pool, girl. We have a free database. If you go to threedayrule.com slash matchmaking slash Devin, you can be in our free pool. It's easy. Or you can go to threedayrule.com slash Devin and find me and just get like a free console. Or if somebody really wants to matchmaker because they're like, I'm allergic to swiping now. I don't want to do it on my own. (laughs) Um, Then they absolutely can do that as well. I'm I'm quite literally going to make Shyla sign up. Please do. (laughs) Yes. All right. That's it for today. Come back and join us tomorrow. 
And remember, plenty of people are eating stuff that you won't, Howard Stern. Be sure to subscribe to BuzzFeed Daily on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you go for your sound stories. And please take the time to leave us a rating and a review. It helps us figure out what you like about the show versus what you love about the show. And remember to come back for more of what you love about BuzzFeed coming to you daily. Socks are the number one most requested item in homeless shelters. Underwear is the second, shirts are third. At Bombas, socks were first. Made with comfortable details for everyday wearing. Then underwear and shirts too. All designed to perfectly fit. At Bombas, every item you purchase means you're donating an essential clothing item to someone in need. One comfortable clothing item for you, one donated to someone in need. Bombas. Comfort for all. Get 20% off your purchase at bombas.com slash comfy. Give us your attention. We need everything you got fast. Waiting on reparations. We be the illest podcast. Tune in every Thursday. Politics and wordplay. We fight for the people because they got us in the worst way. From the hill to Brazil, Bombay to Kanye. From the left enclave to what the neocons say. Every Thursday, cop the heady conversation. And break us off with some bread because we waiting on reparations. Listen to Waiting on Reparations on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.